counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. There ain't no second place in Lambo, it's a whole new Welcome to another edition of the Lambo Leap Podcast. This is Wags, and I've got Dane here on a snowy Saturday, a uh, cold day outside, and uh, just for some extra motivation, we've got uh, Return of the Jedi on in the background. So That's uh, right. Don't call it a comeback. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dane, welcome in, and um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, you can... Um, subscribe to uh, this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast, and follow us on Facebook as well as on Instagram and Twitter. So thank you everyone for following. And uh, Dane, we have um, a coaching staff coming together, don't we? Oh yes, 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 we do. Uh, since the last time we talked, we talked about Matt Lafleur the last podcast but we've got an offensive coordinator now a, a ton of position coaches we we we're seeing this team shape up now we're seeing the coaching staff come together and there's some really exciting guys that are coming in i think and i, I i've got to say that i'm pretty excited about nathaniel hackett as the offensive coordinator some people look at the Jaguars and they go, well, they don't have that. They haven't had a good offense this last season and, and yada, yada, yada. But the reality is they're, they had an offense with a quarterback that I think as a starting NFL quarterback is pretty ineffective overall in his career. And I think at times was made to look better than he actually is. And you've got to give that credit to the offensive coordinator. And it also shows the direction this team is going on offense, which is to say, hey, we're going to run the ball a little bit too. Yeah, absolutely. And clearly um, Coach LaFleur wanted to bring in um, some guys that he – um, you know, no, he knows no system, but also can bring uh, maybe a few different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not necessarily just guys he's worked with in the past, and and Hackett is definitely someone that um, fits that mold. Um, he's he's known as um, you know being very um, you know innovative and um, is just kind of a uh, football nerd apparently, and uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, very outgoing. So kind of a, a different personality as well. Well, as uh, as uh, reportedly uh, uh, Coach Lafleur will bring, but again, a younger guy, a little bit of energy, um, and uh, based on some recent comments, um, I heard uh, Devontae Adams uh, had a recent interview yeah. where you know he mentioned that um, it seems like uh, some of the uh, both Coach Lafleur and some of the new coaches that he's bringing in um, will be able to um, relate well and um, um, bring some energy. So he didn't talk specifically about any. Of of his former coaches mm-hmm. when he said that but even just mentioning that um i think uh, a lot of times uh, not to overanalyze or read into that, those comments but a lot of times that says a lot as well so yeah it does i, I i've got to say the highlight of the the core the, the assistant coaches that we're seeing so far for me 
Uh, I'm really excited to get Luke Getze back. Uh, from, from he, He'd been with the organization prior. He'd been the offensive coordinator just last season at Mississippi State. Uh, he was the wide receivers coach in his previous time in Green Bay. And now he's coming back to Green Bay to work with Aaron Rodgers in the quarterback room. He already knows the wide receivers. What a what a what a hire, right? Yeah, that was a coup. Yeah. Um I, I agree. Um he's again another up and coming coach. Um mm-hmm. that was I think a, a big loss. Um but certainly it was a step up for him to go and, and be an offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Um and he you know, he had an opportunity to come back and you know, to leave a offensive coordinator position. I know it was in college, uh, but to leave that position and, and come back and, and uh, be uh, the quarterback's coach for the Packers um, certainly is something that um, I think a, a lot of the players uh, really respect mm-hmm. uh, Coach Getze and um, and uh, certainly um, it hasn't worked, again, hasn't worked directly with Coach LaFleur, but um, recognizing that he's uh, obviously, I think, an up-and-coming guy, mm-hmm. um, and um, to get him back in the fold, I, I think, is definitely a positive as well. I, I love it. I, I think that LaFleur bringing in Getze, maybe uh, – Broadly, the 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 average fan goes, okay, that's nice. There's a guy coming in that's going to be our new quarterbacks coach. I think this points to Lafleur saying, hey, Rogers, I'm listening. I'm bringing in a guy that you know. I'm bringing in a guy that the wide receivers look back at fondly. We've got young guys in the room, and we're going to show these young guys that didn't have him last season how to play Green Bay Packer football again. And it also shows, you're right, it certainly points to Lafleur now starting to bring in guys that can become part of his coaching tree. Uh, we've seen Lafleur come from a successful coaching tree, and it's time for him to start building his organization the way he sees it. And I think Getsy's going to be a really big part of that. Yeah, and that kind of leads into a couple of the other offensive coaches that he hired and at an offensive line with Adam Stanovich. Um, he was the assistant offensive line coach for the mm-hmm. 49ers. Um, so certainly the connection there um, coming from the Kyle Shanahan tree, um, uh, that's an opportunity for Stanovich to move up into um, a, a bigger role. Um, but he gets someone that's going to be very familiar with the scheme. And, and that's that's really important for an offensive line coach, isn't it? Oh, totally. Totally, totally. And let's not pretend that we're we're not going to miss James Campen. He was a ultimate Green Bay Packer uh, as a coach here. He has coached some of the great offensive linemen of the 21st century in Green Bay. And we're, we're certainly going to miss him, but you're right. Bringing in Stenovich, this is a guy who's been paying his dues who understands the zone blocking the way that that Lafleur envisions for this? Uh, the, the the zone blocking that I think Nathaniel Hackett has uh, will we'll have guidance on, and I'm really excited to see a guy who. Uh, younger guy who's going to probably be able to relate. We, we're seeing a youth movement, even in the coaching staff in Green Bay, and I think Stenovich really points to that. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, with an offensive line coach, um, I, I again, not to get all 
you know, excited about someone bringing youthful energy yeah. because I think sometimes that can just be somewhat of a, um, you know, you just look at a guy that's younger. Oh, okay, he's going to have this youthful energy. But um, at the same time, he's um, again familiar with the scheme. I think that's very important. You have Definitely. to, you you have to have it all starts up front. And I mean, you can have a running running back coach that maybe isn't quite as as intimately familiar with the scheme mm-hmm. and that's going to be okay. You can bring in some different perspectives there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the offensive line coach is a very important position. Look, they had a, a number of other um, very experienced uh, offensive line coaches that um, were out on the market, mm-hmm. uh, not just James Campen. So mm-hmm. um, it, teams around the league, you recognize you have to have an offensive line coach that can teach that running scheme and and so um they get that with with uh, coach stanovich and then also tight ends um yes yeah. let's, uh, let's not underestimate the um, role that the tight ends play um in in blocking as well as obviously uh in the past game um but uh, getting uh, uh justin outen um who um was a, a coach uh, with the falcons uh yeah. when um, coach lafleur was on that staff so uh two guys that he is going to be familiar with and are familiar with with the scheme that uh, Coach LaFleur will be running. Definitely, Wags. And Outen, I think folks need to, to realize he was an assistant O-line and quality control coach. So we're talking about a guy who's going to be coaching tight ends who wants to have guys push other guys around, right? And coming from the, the lineage of, of coaching an offensive line, I think we're going to see a scenario where we're going to have and expect our tight ends to be physical at the line of scrimmage and pop some guys. That's not to say that they're not going to go out and catch passes too, but it, it certainly continues to show the trend that we're seeing that our offense is going to punch you in the mouth with our running game, and then we're going to have the best quarterback in football attacking in the air afterwards. Yep, absolutely. So um, the defensive side of the staff is starting to, to shape up as well. Um, so we've got uh, 10... Uh, coaches in the fold and so um, uh, Dane do you want to um, I know we've talked a little bit obviously about uh, coach Patton and, and we were happy to see him Definitely. coming back um, and I, I believe we talked a little bit about uh, Jerry Montgomery on the defensive line last time yeah but uh, welcome made, back Jerry yeah, I love Jerry Montgomery we've made a couple awesome. of um, uh, additional hires since then so yeah yeah so um, uh, former inside linebacker coach for the Washington Redskins um, it's kind of the opposite of the James Campen scenario with mm-hmm. uh, uh, Kirk Olavada, uh, Kirk Olavadadi. Yeah. I'm sorry, I can't pronounce that well. Um, but he was with the Redskins for quite a long time, wasn't he? For sure. He? Yeah, and you know, he, he's a great, he's a guy that comes in. He had some real success there in Washington with uh, Sue Cravens, who was a college safety who then made a transition into the linebacker core for Washington. And I'll tell you what, he's going to have his work cut out for him a little bit with Josh Jones. I see a similar guy there, uh, athletic guy who who runs around, Josh Jones that is, that runs around a bit like a missile at times, a heat-seeking missile. But uh, he's had some real success there in uh, Washington Redskins, uh, are, are a team that have had some real um, real talent in, in the inside linebacker core. Uh, I believe Olivadati had been there in Washington 
uh, for a number of years, like going back to like 2000, right? So yeah. he'd been there a you long time. You think about someone like London Fletcher. That's exactly um, right. And granted, you know, you, you when you have the privilege to coach a, mm-hmm. you know, a, a great player. Um, he that, might be one of my favorite non-Packers I've sure. ever seen play football. I but, loved him. You know, he wasn't, uh, you know, he was there for a long time. And um, so, uh, and they've had some other uh, uh, g- good units there over the years. Yep. Um, so, um, so yeah, you bring someone in with with a good, a real good track record and outside of of the Packers tree. So that was interesting uh, mm-hmm. that um, Coach Patton was able to uh, lure in um, a, a hire there. And then um, we also uh, got a new outside linebackers mm-hmm. coach. Um, again, someone that um, comes from a system in the Chiefs with uh, yeah. Coach Mike Smith. Um, that has not the produced, same Mike Smith. Yeah. That, that, not the not the former head coach Mike Smith. Right. Yeah. But uh, but you're looking at a Chiefs uh, uh, system mm-hmm. with outside linebackers that have had a track record of success as well. Yeah, and I think that fans need to recognize that while the Chiefs' defensive coordinator <laughs> did get fired. It was certainly not the, the the problem of the pass rush with the Kansas City Chiefs this year. I was looking at some of the numbers, and the Chiefs tied for the league lead in regular season sacks with 52. Man, we got we got a coach who knows how to coach up guys like Chris Jones and D Ford and Justin Houston in Kansas City, and was able to get them to pin their ear ears back and just go ahead and hit the quarterback. So welcome to Green Bay, Mike Smith. You're going to have a lot of new guys most likely to work with on that outside linebacker. We're going to stay in that three four defense. Don't know how the Uh, draft is going to uh, shake out, but we've got to expect some new guys coming in, and Mike Smith's going to have his hands all over a defense that has a really creative defensive coordinator in Mike Patton, and now... Uh, welcome to the to the team where you can go ahead and and coach some young guys that are going to go and hit the quarterback. Yeah, and I, I I guess I don't remember specifically where some of those guys in the Chiefs were drafted, but um, yeah. I, I don't believe any of them were necessarily you know high picks uh, when they came out. So um, you're looking at also a system that has a track record of successful player development as well. Definitely. And clearly we're going to be in a position whether we uh, you know. Even if we sign a uh, free agent or two at the outside linebacker position, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, um, wherever we draft an outside linebacker, we're we're gonna have some new new guys in there. So uh, development will definitely be a key um, for this position, and, uh, especially next season. Oh, for sure. And Mike Smith and uh, Coach Petten are really close. I was reading an article uh, earlier this week, and uh, Petten calls Smith one of his best friends. So they're going to have a really good, close working relationship. And, you know, Patton was scheming guys. Well, Kyle, I say it every week, but Kyler Fackerel had 10 plus sacks this right. year. So uh, clearly, we no offense to Kyler, uh, but we are going to be bringing in more talent. And I love that uh, Patton's bringing in a guy who he does have a close relationship with because I think that signals to Green Bay Packer Nation that we are going to take the pass rush very seriously going into 2019. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And we said that a few weeks ago uh, with Coach Patton would have an opportunity to have more of his fingerprints and putting this staff together, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it definitely looks like that's been the case so far. Um, so, again, technically, Coach LaFleur makes the hires, but yeah. I'm sure that um, that uh, Coach Patton is heavily involved, clearly, in, in making some of these decisions. So, sure. um, so there's a couple of, of uh, open positions. And it's hard to say exactly what the um, the titles of the coaches will be because they can get a little bit creative yeah. uh, now on how they do that. But on the offensive side of the ball, they're you know they're definitely going to have someone come in that's going to coach the receivers, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, most likely we'll have an offensive uh, uh, assistant offensive line coach. Um, that leaves one other position most likely mm-hmm. um, aside from those two that the, that'll be dedicated to the offense. Um, so it just kind of depends on on what they you know uh, feel they need in terms of uh, complementing the rest of that staff. Mm-hmm. Um, but the same will be true on the defensive side of the ball. So um, last year there were 18 coaches, uh, eight each on offensive and defense, um, and we've got five coaches on both sides of the ball. Um, special teams is is still in progress. So um, we have a few more hires to make, but uh, overall the staff seems to be coming together pretty well, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Uh, the the I, And I've got to say Jason Simmons coming back with DBs. I think you can look towards the, the challenges we had in the back end of that defensive backfield last year at safety, but he was down to guys that were getting pulled off the street week in and week out. I love that uh, Coach Simmons is coming back. We've got some really young cornerbacks that he was working with, and I think he was doing everything he could to get those guys up to speed, and I love that we're going to keep continuity and we're going to allow Kevin King to have another year with them and, of course, Alexander and Jackson. We're going to have some young safeties coming in, too, you've got to think, or at least potentially one new safety, a younger guy, potentially a free agent, don't know exactly how they're going to fill in the back end, but to have some continuity there as as a defensive back uh, field is going to be really important. I will say getting a little nervous about special teams right now uh zook was awful i'm so glad he's gone but i will say that uh, it's there's a rumor out there that tom quinn is is getting an interview he spent over a decade with the new york giants on special teams uh through 2017 and and, uh, was there for part of it this season as well I'm not inspired by that. He's had some good special teams units. He's had some bad special teams units. I do think that the special teams coordinator position is a really unique spot to fill in that you've got a lot of authority. You're basically running – you're another coordinator. It, they're, 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 you really are. And you've got a lot of ownership over a, a major facet of the, the game. And I'm just a little nervous. I, I'm not saying Tom Quinn's the wrong guy. But I'm not sure he's the right guy. And it, we, we've already had uh, another coach come in. We, we interviewed uh, Darren Rizzi 
and that doesn't sound like it's panning out. So I do just have some concern because I think we need to make a bold statement. I'm not saying it's a name guy, but the fact that we don't seem to have a guy that we really want to bring in at this point makes me a little squeamish. Sure. Uh, to be fair, there are still teams in the playoffs mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a possibility. We don't know. Maybe there's a possibility that one of the um, coaches on, on uh, either the New England or the L.A. staff sure. is being targeted for that. I, I mean, I guess, granted, that would probably mean you're looking at the assistant uh, special teams coordinator for one of those teams. I would doubt it would be New England. Um, so mm-hmm. maybe there's another there's a connection and and it's it's uh, I, I don't even know who the assistant special teams coordinator is for LA. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Uh, I'm so, just pointing out that that's a possibility. Uh, they do seem to be dragging it out though and so that's the only reason i mentioned that because maybe that's the reason why uh they don't want that any rumor to get out there and cause a distraction for whoever that coach might be Mm -hmm. um so again i'm just completely throwing that out there obviously i have no inside knowledge that that could be the case Uh, i agree though in general um we don't know what happened uh with coach rizzi uh reportedly he was asking for too much money uh I don't know what he was asking for. I mean, he was the associate head coach down in in Miami. I was pretty excited when they brought him in for an interview. Um, To me, you're looking at a guy that um, has had some very successful special teams units. And we were talking before we started. Honestly, I would be fine if you you know spend a lot of money for a guy like that for a year or two mm-hmm. especially with a new head coach that's never been a head coach in the nfl <laughs> um and i i do hope that um that that's not going to be a problem area because that's just an additional headache or an additional thing that coach Lafleur has to deal with then um and so if you know it's just nice to be able to bring in a guy that can get results and not have to worry so much about what's going on with with that part of the team um I don't think it really matters who they pay for as far as coverage in this day and age usually I mean that's that you just expect to you know be pretty solid there's not a lot of returns anymore anyway but even just little things like you know um uh, being the preparation you know everything from uh, uh with the operation with the the snap and hold uh mm-hmm. with with mason crosby um getting the most um out of their punting game we've got a young punter that um you know, obviously we feel is extremely talented. Yeah. Uh, Goody used a, a draft pick on him, which doesn't usually happen with a punter. Um, and so I think a lot of that is technique and teaching. So if you've got a guy that really knows his stuff um, and and can work with, with uh, those little just the little things always show up, I think, more in special teams and, and then even a lot of other areas of the game. Yep. Um, and so um, that was – that. I don't, don't want to say I was frustrated, but I, I definitely um, was a little, you know, 
mystified why money would be too much of an issue when you're bringing in a a pretty young and, let's be honest, not highly experienced staff at most of these positions. So I I can't imagine that um, this coaching staff is is costing the organization a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I don't know. It seems like it would be a good investment to maybe, uh, if you have to overpay a little bit to get a highly qualified special teams coordinator, you do it. Um, But... Uh, that's why I'm not calling the shots for the Packers, I guess. Yeah. So, um, so I guess we'll wait and see to see what happens there. But yeah, I'm I'm getting a little bit anxious there as well. Yeah, uh, I will. I think as we we round out just coaching staff, we we would be um, wrong to not also mention a, a hire in the the Packers front office, and uh, it's Milt Hendrickson. He's been named director of football operations for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, awesome. Congratulations, Milt. He's actually a Wisconsin guy, grew up in Wisconsin, went to college at uh, La Crosse, and he's going to, he's coming over from the Baltimore Ravens. He has a really solid coaching, or excuse me, scouting pedigree. Uh, with the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens have had a lot of success over the years. He He's entering his 15th season in the NFL, so a really seasoned guy coming into our department. Some more fresh blood. Uh, during his time in Baltimore, uh, of course, the Ravens won that Super Bowl, won a bunch of division titles, made the playoffs eight times. So he's coming from an organization that knows how to win some football games, uh, and I think also comes from an organization that really had a focus on defense. So really excited to have him in and just wanted to make sure we were highlighting him as well because I think he's going to be an integral part of our front office going forward. Yeah, absolutely. And again, another guy, as you said, that's coming in from an organization, has a great pedigree. Um, You know, um, the Ravens have had a lot of success in the draft over the years. Um, is I, I believe I don't know if he's still there. Ozzie Newsom's been with that team forever. I think he's just retired. I, yeah, maybe, but yeah. but um, but certainly um, you you know a guy that um, um, Goody is is very familiar with and and um, um, has a great relationship with already. So um, so yeah, that's a, a great point and another good hire for the Packers. So. How awesome for a Wisconsin guy to come back and play that role for the team too. Yep. Absolutely. So uh, I think that about does it for our update on the coaching staff. So um, one other thing that we wanted to talk about today was um, to look at um, the Packers free agents on the offensive side of the football. So we're going to save some of the discussion on the defensive side of football um, for a future podcast. But for today, we just wanted to look at the guys that um, our free agents uh, for the Packers um, and uh, just kind of to talk a little bit about what um, what we would do if we put on our own uh, <laughs> Brian Gudikins hat and we're the GM for the day. So uh, I think one of the big questions uh, just to start off with, Dane, is just why don't we just uh, cover a few items. So sure. Packers... Um, according to Over the Cap right now. Awesome website, by the yeah, way. Yeah, right? have over $40 million in cap room uh, projected. Uh, that can change and move a little bit depending on what the final um, – um, um, what the final um, cap – 
uh, is uh, for the NFL. That hasn't been set yet for 2019, but it's projected to be right at 198 million at this point. Mm-hmm. So a lot of cap room um, going cap into room. Uh, the off season, and so that gives them room to bring back the guys they want. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as uh, a lot of space to, to go out and get a couple of guys that they don't have currently within the organization. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, again, today we're just going to focus on the guys that were on the Packers this past season mm-hmm. uh, that are free agents. So um, without further ado, I, I think let's just kind of go through and uh, look at um, who we have and, and highlight a few key guys. Do we want to start with, uh, why don't we start with Randall Cobb? Yeah, let's talk about Randall Cobb. <laughs> <laughs> he made a lot of money last year. Uh, how much did he make, Wags? Looks like 10? 10 million um, last year. So that's a ton of money. A lot of Randall money. Cobb. He's an unrestricted free agent, mm-hmm. um, 29 years old. And um, really, as we said last time, um, love Randall Cobb, but um, production on the field is, is, to be quite honest with you, been declining mm-hmm. um, for basically four straight seasons. Since the 2014 season, that, that seemed yeah. to be his career year, um, and it just uh, he, he just didn't really live up to um, the uh, contract that he signed this past time around. So, um, so... Clearly, I think we can just say he 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 won't be back at his current number. No, and I also do. I don't think he'll be at on any team's roster for anywhere near that number. Right. Yeah. So the the question then, out of respect for 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 Randall, love uh, Randall. So, yeah. Is. Yeah. A, what would the number be? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can we in in B. Is it even worth it at that number? Because you have to look at the roster as a whole. You've got some young guys coming in. And so if you sign Randall Cobb and you don't keep him, now he now he's dead, mm-hmm. uh, you know, cap. He's a, he counts against the cap, and he's just dead weight against the cap. Sure. Um, so I, I think if, if he is signed, it would have to be for a, a, a very short-term deal. Mm-hmm. Um, would he come back on a one-year contract um, or even a one-year with, with an option-type contract? Um, that is kind of the question that I would – I would ask you, Dame. Yeah. So, um, would you a want Randy uh, Randall Cobb back um, for a one-year deal at let's just say the two to three million dollar figure that uh, maybe was being offered for Jordy last year, sure. and um, and b um, if he accepted that, do you th- what type of role do you think he would have with the Packers it's, next season? That's a great question. I think that. The thing that Randall has going for him right now with the the way this roster is constructed, there's not really anybody else that plays his role. I don't know if we really have another slot receiver, a natural slot receiver uh, in the wide receiver room. Of course, that doesn't mean that they can't go out and find somebody new. Every NFL team's always looking to retool every year. Uh, we'd be remiss not to make mention of the photograph that was making the rounds of the last game of the year with uh, Rodgers kind of embracing Cobb and Cobb's got tears in his eyes. It looked to me that at the very least Cobb has thought about the possibility that he won't be back in Green Bay. I'm not reading too much more into it than that at this point because 
the NFL is a strange business and you never know. It's never really over it's until it's over. I think that for three to four million dollars, I would even go up to the four million dollar range. I would be actually pretty happy with having Randall Cobb back in Green Bay. Um, I think that he has a really nice skill set. He's got an incredible rapport with Aaron. He is prone to a little bit of injury at this point in his career, but he's also prone to have a couple monster games every season. We saw it again this past year, week one taken off for 75 plus yards to gut the the Chicago Bears. So he still has that. I think he does have that skill set. He also is a really steady locker room presence. And as we talk about a team that is shifting, um, Randall is one of those guys that has had a ton of success in the NFL. And he has been on a ton of successful NFL teams here in Green Bay. And I, I really do, and I'm not speaking from from the heart of a Packer fan that just wants to see the big name guy that's been a fan favorite stay. I think that Randall does have some some something left in him. I think that he is a steady presence. I don't see anybody else coming in that really wows me um, at the right price point. I do also think that. Randall could return some punts and and do some other things to pitch in and help this team. So if he was willing to come in on a team-friendly short-term one- or two-year contract where he's also getting mixed in on special teams, uh, particularly in the punt return unit, I'm not saying he's going to run down as a gunner. I'm saying as a punt returner in certain situations, there's a role for him on this roster. I think that's the key thing. What is his role? Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's easy to say... Yeah, I would bring Randall Cobb back for four million. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. I, 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 you could, you, you could either agree or disagree with that opinion, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't have any issue with that uh, if you're a Packers fan. Um, I, I could see both sides of it uh, yeah. perfectly. But the question is, what is his role for that three to four million? Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think most Packer fans, uh, Randall Cobb is a fairly universally um, liked Packer. Yeah. Um, and but objectively speaking, you know he he wasn't worth the the ten million no. that he was making Goodness this past man. season. So what his role would be next season, you would have to map that out and determine would that be worth the let's just say three to four million yeah. that you'd be offering him. And uh, to me, I look at the wide receiver group, and obviously you've got Devonte Adams, and then you've got MVS and St. Brown are going to be back. And I don't know that there's any real guarantees beyond that. Yeah, you've got Geronimo Allison coming back, but he's also another guy we and need we'll to talk, talk about. about. That, yeah. um, I think it would make a lot of sense that they're going to try to draft Randall Cobb's replacement, mm-hmm. but it would also make a lot of sense to me. Randall's a smart guy. Uh, if he says, you know what? I would like to sign another one-year deal with the Packers. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's anywhere that I can have success, it's going to be here uh, with a quarterback that I have real chemistry with that's uh, is, is talented as Aaron Rodgers. And, um, and they're tight, I, I don't right? think, yeah. yeah, it's sort of a bet on yourself. How What is his future in the NFL? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can bring in a young guy. He can learn from Randall Cobb. Um, he's that you know, elder statesman. Um, but 
and maybe uh, Randall gets sort of phased out a little bit, like Donald Driver did to an extent, and that's sort of sad to talk about. Mm -hmm. But if he can contribute to special teams, uh, I agree. Um, I think that at a three to four million dollar figure, you're saving a lot of money if you're the Packers, uh, even resigning him, and that would be extremely palatable. There's no long-term commitment there, and now you can bring in that next guy um, to help replace him down the road. Um, I know that's always tough to swallow for most mm-hmm. players, but it, I, Randy's a, a class guy. I think if anybody would would uh, be willing to do it and and would accept that role um, from what I know about him he would be um, the exactly the type of player that I would put faith in not to pout and, and to be a, a consummate professional mm-hmm. and, and really to produce and and live up to what you would expect in that role so yeah. I, I agree I think uh, at a three to four million dollar figure uh, surprisingly I thought he would be gone and he still very well may be mm-hmm. um, and we don't know what he wants to do either I, I don't see a much bigger market for him out no. there so perhaps that's a possibility that uh, that we do see him back um, if um, if he's looking for more money than that and uh, you know um, then I, I would say no um, oh, right. he's not going to be back with the Packers or if they just don't think that he has that type of role uh, then I would say he's not with back with the Packers so percentage I would say maybe 30 to 35 percent chance that he's back oh really yeah. okay so I'm gonna go higher than this I'm going to say. 60% chance he's back. I okay. think there's a I think there's a better chance than that and it's it's no more we we know have the same information. I think we have a similar take certainly on on what role we're looking to have him have on this team. I just think about that hot day in August and I see these young receivers out there and my gut feeling tells me that with this shakeup um, the NFL is full of guys at, at the wide receiver position that are, frankly, can be kind of jerks sometimes. And something just tells me with this young receiver room, we're going to see Randall Cobb being the ultimate team player for at least another season. And don't be shocked if, if you know, come week six, when we're down... Aaron Rodgers is still finding Randall Cobb on an important third down. You know, I hope you're right. I'm actually surprised that this was the way this conversation (laughs) went because um, I've been sort of of the mindset since that last game that Randall Cobb is not going to be back with the Packers. But um, as we've talked through this a little bit and just looking at the numbers, um, you can see that at a a certain price point Mm -hmm. and given – you know, some unknowns with the depth of that wide receiver group. Um, even if they draft another guy or two, um, I think it would be wise. I, I agree to to really seriously talk to Randall Cobb about. Um, you know, how can they help each other out? So it's a, a mutually beneficial situation. Yeah. And again, I think Randall Cobb is a very smart guy and I think he truly wants to be a Packer when it comes down to it. So I hope you're right. And I would be excited to see if something like that worked out. For sure. Uh, uh, do you think we, do you want to stick with the wide receiver group? I, we may as well do that. We've got Geronimo Allison, who is a restricted free agent. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, I, you're looking at a guy that, honestly, um, I don't know 
how he would have a market either. Right. It seems like he um, started to, you know, establish a role and and um, uh, had some chemistry with with Aaron Rodgers. Um, we were hoping for some big things from him this season, yeah. uh, kind of being uh, your number three guy uh, coming into the season. And obviously he got hurt. Um, so uh, he'll be coming off an injury. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he really didn't do anything to prove himself, I don't think, across the league. Uh, you know, certainly scouts are, are, are aware of, of Geronimo Allison. Sure. Um, so it's not like he is going to be an unknown. But I can't see as a restricted free agent any team going out and, and um, making a, a big money commitment, obviously, to, to, to Allison. So um, I guess it'll just come down to um, what that number is. And, and I, I honestly think the Packers will just let another team do the work for them and, and establish the number, and then they'll just – Decide from there if if he's worth bringing back at that number. Definitely, I Geronimo is one of those guys that that's been really fun to root for. He came in, he was a practice squad guy. He he flashed some r- real talent in a playoff game. Uh, he he has shown in the past that moments aren't too big for him. He shows up at those times where you need a guy to show up, and he's that guy. And he's a he's an Illinois product, uh, University of Illinois. But the last couple of years, uh, we've been wanting a little bit more. Um, two years ago, I think the 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 reasoning, at least that I looked to, was the injury to Aaron, and we went, okay, we've got a guy, Brett Hundley, who could kind of just find one guy, and it was Devonte Adams, but he was really having a hard time spreading the ball around. Uh, then next year, the next year here, Geronimo goes down with an injury. So um, I think the jury's still out on who Geronimo Allison is. I will say, though, that the Packers draft picks last year, these they drafted other real long guys. So they seem to draft guys that were similar to Geronimo, but maybe with a little more upside. I was just going to say that. Yeah. I, to me, I look at uh, St. Brown, I feel like, is Geronimo Allison with more upside, mm-hmm. and he's going to cost a lot less. Obviously, yeah. he's not, you know, you're going to have St. Brown on the roster next year, and we expect yeah. him to have some type of role. Um, and hopefully he can take a step forward next season. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, you know, if you're looking at a guy as a restricted free agent, even if it's a short-term deal, um, he's going to be, you know, that might be a, a one and a half to two million dollar type per year, year to yeah. per year. I that's not a lot of money, no. but at the same time, um, every little bit ties up some mm-hmm. of that allocation. So um, I I would probably hazard to guess that uh, I don't expect Geronimo Allison to be back with the team next year. I would say it's, I would put it at uh, right a little less than 20%, even though he's a restricted free agent, mm-hmm. unless he it gets signed for somewhere close to the league minimum and you can just sign him without any consequence and 
bring him back to the team. He's in camp. You never know what injuries happen. You never know if he earns his way onto the team. I think that's probably, and maybe that's what does happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but I, I think that's probably the only scenario where I could see them um, committing to to him and bringing him back onto the roster. Yeah, my gut tells me that you're you're you, you hit the nail on the head there. That he's going to. I think he's going to come back to to camp. I think it's going to be a very, very low-impact deal in terms of cap for the Green Bay Packers, and he's going to have to earn a spot, and we're going to see how it shakes out. There's always injuries in camp, and there's opportunity. And Geronimo, heck, if he stays healthy, he does have some – he's shown some real flashes, and he and Aaron have a little bit of chemistry there. So this is definitely his make-or-break season. I think we will see him in August at at, – uh, at training camp, but it remains to be seen if he's one of those guys that's going to be on the roster week one. Sure. Um, so why don't we round out the receiver group? Yep. Uh, Jake Kumro. Yeah. Um, so he is going to be an exclusive rights free agent. And, you know, technically, uh, he hasn't really done that much on the field. Uh, but, boy, he seems to be a guy. How much buzz can a, a player have for someone of his stature? Right? Oh, man, he is the he is the fan favorite from camp. He had a Media long favorite. Oh, I yeah. mean, everybody seems to love the guy, yeah, right? Yeah, Whitewater product. Um, Devante loves him. Mm-hmm. Um, Rogers seems to, to really like him. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I would expect that he will be back um, on the roster. He, he definitely will have yeah. to earn a roster spot. He was yeah. It was unknown whether he was going to earn a spot this year. But, um, I, I mean, if you're Jay Kumro, you, you've got to like your chances. You do. Yeah. Um, and if you're the Packers, why not? I mean, he's not going to be someone that will cost much money. So I would say I would say he's uh, uh, pretty much a, a definite or as close to a lock to be back next year as, as, as what you're going to see in this group. Yeah, he'll be, he'll be definitely in camp. And, you know, as an exclusive rights free agent, he can't negotiate with other teams. So really it is up to the Green Bay Packers if they'd like to, to give him another look. And there's no doubt that they're going to do that. He uh, played some, some meaningful snaps late in the season. He had a heck of a preseason before uh, getting injured. So uh, the fact that the team, I mean, even more than that, the fact that the team put him on injured reserve and then brought him back to check out what he could do late in the year shows that he's a guy that, that they, they definitely have some interest in. And why not? He he looks like he can make some plays. So um, congrats to, to Jake in the sense that the fans love you, man. And you might be, you might be a, a pretty, uh, at the very minimum, a serviceable NFL wide receiver here. And we're going we're gonna to be rooting to see that happen. Yep, absolutely. So why don't we move over then into the tight ends group because we've yeah. got a number of guys there. Um, so, um, well, let's just actually, why don't we start with Robert Tanyan? Yeah. He's another exclusive rights free agent. Um, and, uh, you know, so again, when you're talking about these guys, exclusive rights free agents, um, he, he he got on the field a little bit this year, um, uh, had a, had a, a huge play uh, in Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> that was a, a big uh, shock. We yeah, didn't awesome. expect yeah. to see that. Um, certainly wasn't a, uh, you know, a big target in the offense, but was out there um, as a blocker um, uh, for, you know, uh, a number of plays uh, most weeks. So, um, so what do you expect uh, to do with him? I, I, I would 
just just jump in there, expect that he's a guy that they'll bring back. Definitely, um, yeah. Kind of similar to the, the Kumro. Uh, I think as we talk about some of these other tight ends, they're going to need you know some depth at that position. Yeah. So you've got a guy that you're familiar with and you know um, you're developing. I I would expect that um, Tanyan will be back. What do you think? Yeah, I I think so. I mean. Talk about this 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 guy, uh, Tony. He he's one of those guys that is going to need to make make a living on special teams. And he got some he got some snaps last year, uh, certainly on, on the special teams unit. Anytime if you're uh, the fourth tight end on a roster and you're suiting up on game day and you're a young guy, that means no doubt about it, you are doing the unglamorous work of the special teams unit. Now we talk about how maligned special teams was for the Green Bay Packers in 2018, but Tunyon certainly has shown some real potential. He, on the offensive side of the ball, uh, he's very athletic for his size. I, I'm excited to see what he can do uh, through, with a full season uh, going into to camp next year. I have no doubt that he'll be brought back um, to, to camp to fight for it. And you're right, there's going to be, there's a new room, right? We have a new this uh, tight end position coach. We're gonna potentially have some real change in the the middle of that roster. And if, if Tanyan can show that he can do the things that uh, Coach Hackett uh, would like him to do, I think he's gonna have a fighting chance to make this roster next year. He he did show some some hands at times, and um, I'm looking to see if he can make that that leap. And if he can make that leap and continue to uh, participate a uh, positive note on special teams. Um, hey, the the he's got a real chance to make the team going into next season. Yeah, absolutely. So um, then, uh, kind of just going uh, in no particular order, yeah. um, Mercedes Lewis and Lance Kendrick next are both <laughs> unrestricted free agents. Um, so when you look at these guys, um, certainly Lewis was just with the team one year. Um, doesn't um, didn't really do anything at all in the passing game. Um, uh, came in um, as known as one of the better blocking, if not the best blocking tight end in, in football, uh, as he graded out in, in 2017. Um, and um, you know, unfortunately, we didn't run the ball enough last year to oh. know if he was actually making a difference. He just really wasn't on the field that much either, um, even uh, as a blocker. Um, so um, he's a guy, I think, uh, 35 years old. Um, that was a one-year stopgap. Mm-hmm. He was a late spring signing. I don't think there's any way he's back next year. The the only way I you, I completely agree. Uh, I the only way I see him coming back because. He wasn't a an option on the offensive side of the ball, and I do think that some of that has to do with the the offensive scheme, and I don't think he was utilized. But I also, uh, blocking wise, I'm not sure. I, it's unclear if he if he has much left. The, but the only way he comes back I, is we are surrounding this offense now with with uh, with Hackett, right? So he he his old offensive coordinator is now in Green Bay, is there a chance that uh, Mercedes Lewis sticks either for the season or they, they kick the tires going into camp and see if he can earn a spot? Is that something Mercedes Lewis wants to do, right? right. There, there's a lot of question marks there. I do think that uh, if we're playing the percentage game, I'm thinking it's about a 
20% chance he's back, but I think it's less likely that, that he's going to be back in Green Bay as well. Yeah, I would say he, it'll be another situation um, where um, if they don't uh, fill – uh, the roster spot because you need to you need to have enough guys at yeah. that position. I, I don't want to just say that they just need a warm body there, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, if they don't get anyone else through free agency or through the draft, I, they will. But it, it's how many guys do they get to fill out that group mm-hmm. um, is the question. Um, the connection with Hackett, it's interesting that you would mention that. I was thinking that as well. That could be good or bad. Right. We don't know. Um, one thing I will say is that I, I just I think it's less than 20%. I, I think there's almost no chance. Mm-hmm. I feel like he was a guy that um, pr- most likely um, uh, t- had an exit interview with, with Goody and they said, you know, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll probably be moving on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, good luck. Um, just based on the fact that I know you, you can't just overreact to this, but he didn't say a peep all year, and then yeah. as soon as the season's over, he's out talking uh, in the media. I was that surprised just, by that. Yeah, yeah. He, he seemed like he you know, held it together, and I was a good pro in the locker room. But I just you're you're airing out your dirty laundry. You're a guy who was only there one season, um, and honestly doesn't have enough equity with the organization to be out there uh, making comments like that and mm-hmm. expect to be back with the team. So yeah. uh, I I really don't think there's much of a chance at all, barring you know injuries or just not being able to fill out that group. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, Wags, if. Hackett wasn't the offensive coordinator, I'd see 0%. Yeah. <laughs> so so I, I'm looking at it from that term as well, but I don't think the output was there. He didn't show anything from the games that I saw or even zeroing in and watching him on, on some of the plays after the games were over. Uh, when he was on the field, I didn't think he seemed to be all that effective. So sure. I, I know you're not a huge fan of Lance Kendricks. 0%. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, uh, he's a guy that um, clearly wants wanted to be a Packer when he signed here. Um, he's been on the team a few seasons now. Yeah. Um, I, I guess it just really depends on what you're – again, I, it, to a lesser degree, it's the same – process that we had with Randall Cobb. We don't need to talk about Lance Kendricks as long as we talked about Cobb. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is your expected role and how, at what cost? Um, and so um, I – I, the path that I see is he's the guy they sign late in the process before they would go to Mercedes Lewis. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, he won't get a multi-year deal. He's going to be a, a one-year deal. I don't know how much longer he's going to keep playing. He's 31 as well. Sure. So, um, you know, he didn't have a big role with the Packers in any season that he was on the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was out on the field a, a fair a bit. Um, they didn't sign him to a huge contract when they signed him last time. And he definitely won't make that much money this time. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, we'll see. I... I I think there's a better chance. Uh, Dozer disagrees with Dozer, me. Dozer, wow, um, yeah, Dozer he's, is not he's, happy He's about on this. your side, yeah. and he thinks Kendrick should be gone too. Um, but um, uh, yeah, I, I I think if they bring him back for the veterans minimum yeah. um, for one year, 
if again, it just depends on who they draft and who else they get out there in free agency. Oh, so Wags, I think that Lance Kendricks can join Andrew Corliss in tight ends that I don't care about. <laughs> I, I I can't stand Lance Lance Kendricks. I really don't think at this juncture in his career. He, he's bringing much to the Green Bay Packer offense. And to be fair, when he signed in Green Bay, I was excited about him. So nothing against Lance as a guy. I don't know Lance Kendricks. But from a football output perspective at this point in his career, he's had a couple seasons in Green Bay. I've been underwhelmed, to say the least. He is having a difficult time catching the football. He, I don't think, is a very strong blocker at this point. And I just don't think he's fitting what this, this offense is, is going to be looking to do. And um, I am 100% fine with, uh, you know, Kendricks was a Wisconsin Badger. He, he's a Green Bay Packer. He's had this really cool career of a Wisconsin football player. Uh, both for the college and, and, and for the pro team. And that's awesome. He's going to have some fans out there. I might make some people angry, but bye-bye. I was just going to say, I, you're, you're, you're waxing poetic. We know you don't like him. That's I don't fine. Like him. <laughs> it's time. It's time for him to go. Okay. Let's get anybody else in there. All right. Well, that's fine. I, anybody. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to strongly disagree with you. I, I don't I don't see why. I don't think he deserves that amount of vitriol personally, but um, but I'm not going to you know lose any sleep over it if they don't bring him back. So uh, so certainly, uh, like you said, uh, Lance, I, I feel like he was, you know, uh, he, he carried himself well. And, and if he's back for a one-year minimum, I would have no problem with that. So, all right, let's look at uh, the offensive line group. Yeah. Um, so no big names here. Um, I'm just going to roll through yeah. all of the guys that we have. So Byron Bell uh, is an unrestricted free agent. And then we've got Justin McRae, Lucas Patrick, and Adam Pangey. Um, so all the guards, um, all at a position of need at right guard. All of them had an opportunity to earn a position Definitely. at right guard last season. Um, so the latter three guys are all exclusive right free agents. Um, Byron Bell is an unrestricted free agent. Um, so what do you expect that we're going to do with these guys, Dan? So I don't know how who all they're going to be bringing back, right, out of this offensive line. Uh, what what you see on this position group is Byron Bell, uh, listed as a guard, has played uh, some tackle in his career uh, as well at the NFL level. Uh, Adam Pankey has has been in Green Bay a couple seasons now, on and off the roster. Uh, he can play. He plays that guard and that that uh, tackle position as well. Um, McCray had probably one of the tougher years that that. Um, and unexpectedly, uh, candidly, I, I expected him to um, to have a little bit uh, better of a season than he did. He he came into the season as the starter uh, at that right guard spot, and partway through the year, uh, Byron Bell came in and, and and took over. And I thought Byron Bell actually ended up having a pretty darn good year for the Green Bay Packers. Um, Bell was was at very minimum serviceable, but I thought that he was pretty pretty talented uh, overall. So. Um, 
you know, those guys all have a different role here. But I will say that my number one guy that we need to re-sign is Lucas Patrick. He's one of my favorite players on the Packer offensive line. I do think uh, that uh, Lucas Patrick will be back. He's an exclusive rights guy. I think Justin McCray, even though he he did have uh, some ups and downs this year, has shown over the extent of his career so far uh, in Green Bay that there's a spot for him on the roster. Uh, Byron Bell... If it's a team-friendly deal, if it's a low, low money deal, because he can play that swing position, uh, there's going to be a, a place for him on this roster. And um, the the investment that we have in Adam Pankey uh, makes me think that there, again, is a possibility. But I do expect us to make some draft picks there as well. So if you... If you uh, you know put me in a corner and said who are the guys that are coming back out of this position group, I don't think Adam Pankey comes back. I do think Justin McCray comes back because of his exclusive rights tag. I do think that Lucas Patrick comes back as an exclusive rights tag, and I think Byron Bell has a possibility to come back, but only if the money is right. And quite frankly, any of those three guys could be our starting right guard going into Week One next year. They could be. Um, and the key here is none of these guys really cost the Packers uh, any money. Mm-hmm. Um, they can sign them, and if they cut them um, before the regular season starts, there's not going to be any cap hit. They don't owe them anything. Yeah. Um, Byron Bell um, probably costs slightly more than the other three guys, but you know he'll probably he'd probably be looking at a similar deal to what he had last year. Um, he had a 1.6 million dollar contract um, with the 500,000 guaranteed. So uh, perhaps you know you look at him. I again I think he's someone that would be post draft later in the process, kind mm-hmm. of assess what the roster is looking like. Um, you've had some OTAs. Uh, quite frankly. Uh, he's not a guy that's going to want to sign early on because then he can have more time off. Um, He had some nicks and injuries last year. Um, So I agree. I I mean, I I, I would say they probably bring, I I wouldn't be shocked if they bring all these guys back. And and I would say Byron Bell would be the least likely to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, certainly I would say, I would say maybe 50, 50, depending on, on, um, who they sign in free agency if they want to sign a right guard to be that de facto starter mm-hmm. um, and or who they get in the draft at that position as well. Definitely. And as an unrestricted free agent, Byron Bell did put on, I thought, some pretty reasonable tape this year. So there could be teams out there as well. Nobody's going to be breaking the bank for Byron Bell, uh, but there's definitely a chance that a, a team... Uh, really liked him. Heck, the Browns just took uh, the the Packers' offensive line coaches. Maybe Camden's in in the ear of of John Dorsey saying, "Hey, Bell was a really nice swing guy for us, and he gave us good good uh, snaps." So you just never know. But right. I, I think we're on the same page with that. Yeah, but you're absolutely right. I mean, um, he's unrestricted, so he doesn't cost, and that's not much of a commitment to Packers. So it's the same thing for other teams around mm-hmm. the league. So it wouldn't take much for another team to swoop in, mm-hmm. and they're it's not like they're making. A huge commitment either so that's why i would say i would say he's the least likely to come back uh, i don't think um you know I, I don't he's certainly not irreplaceable so um real quickly i think then let's just to sum up um before we just sum up our recommended um moves then um are there any offensive players that you feel like that are under contract mm-hmm. um, that um, we may actually part with. I know that 
Um, by, um, Brian Buaga is is a guy that um, a, a lot of folks have talked about. He's sure. coming into the final year of his contract. Now, if they did cut Bulaga, that would save them about six million in cap space. Um, so he would he, he doesn't carry much of a cap number, only one point six million uh, cap number. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I know you haven't been his biggest fan. Um, um, you know, like I, I I'm not I'm not down on Brian Bulaga either. I I think he's been a great Packer. He's got a Super Bowl ring with us. Um, I, I I I'm not against Bulaga. I actually. Wags would say that I think there's about a zero percent chance he's getting cut. Um, okay. He's going to be in Green Bay next year. They're they're looking to I, now talk to me in 2021. Is he still on the roster? You know, I that I can't say. I think they'll probably be actively uh, looking in the draft this year and next year to to find um, more more guys. As the Packers always seem to do, they like to to churn and and bring in new new faces. But um, I think overall, I've, I've been, I, I like Bulaga. He, he does have some, some injury issues, but heck, a lot of offensive line guys do. Uh, it's a really physical position, but I really think he's going to be back next I week. agree. Um, and quite frankly, I think that um, he's actually outplayed his contract despite, yeah. despite some of the injuries. Uh, he's only got a $6.7 million contract for next year. That's pretty That's- much a bargain for someone of, with, of his stature and the production that he's had Definitely. is he you know one of the top uh, t- uh right tackles in the league at this point certainly not um but uh for that number i don't see there's any way and there's no replacement um spriggs is is not a guy that uh seems like will be um in the long-term future uh, of the packers uh sort of a complete turnaround and, and i suppose you never know with the new scheme and a new uh coaching staff um um, he, but that being said, it, there's no clear alternative. No. Um, so I, I, I don't think that he will be cut. Either. And, and I, I will say that with Bulaga, I, whenever I look at, at position groups and I look at guys um, where people maybe might be critical of, of, of people, and it's easy to be critical of a tackle, right, of offensive linemen at times. Um, I feel like Bulaga has been a consummate pro uh, for the Green Bay Packers over his time here. And I, I look and I go, can we win a Super Bowl with this guy on the roster starting? And 100% I think we can with Brian Bulaga. I think he's an addition to the team. Um, he he um, It's not easy to block for Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers is so athletic back there. He's running around doing a lot of stuff to, to make big plays happen. And I think Bulaga's just done a heck of a job, so I, I would like to see him back as well. And, uh, yeah, again, I just to reiterate – I don't see a scenario where Brian Bulaga is not uh, the right tackle of the Green Bay Packers in 2019. Yeah, absolutely. So um, so I, I guess then why don't we just um, summarize where we're at. Um, and I, so it doesn't really look like offensively um, there's anybody else that we expect um, will um, be cut or be a casualty to, to save money against the cap. Um, do you think so? I, sorry to interject, but do you think there's any chance that the Green Bay Packers decide to move on from Jimmy Graham after one season? That okay. That's I apologize. That was one other guy that we we definitely needed to talk about. Um, so I was a little bit surprised at the amount of money that they can save by cutting him. And I know there was a, a story that Pete Doherty um, posted out today that he thought there's a, a decent chance um, that they move on from Jimmy Graham. Um, 
And look, if they do that as a post-June 1st cut, uh, he's owed a roster bonus in March. There's some funky rules with the cap that mm-hmm. you can designate a guy as a post-June cut, 1st cut, even if they cut him before they pay him that roster bonus. Um, they would save uh, roughly $9 million against the cap next season. Yeah. Um, and so he, and, and then that... Um, uh, certainly um, would save them money in in 2020 as well. Mm -hmm. So I I guess it just really depends what they feel like um, they can do to upgrade that position. Because just getting rid of Jimmy Graham doesn't solve any problems. No, Um, it actually creates a problem. Yeah, (laughs) it actually creates a problem because now you better go out and be able to not only replace Jimmy Graham, but improve the position by replacing Jimmy Graham. Or um, I guess if your plan is to um, assign a guy that you feel can be as productive as Jimmy Graham for less money, Fine, but now you—that doesn't just make the problem go away, as you said, because you're still paying Jimmy Graham essentially 3.5 million against the cap. We're not paying him directly, but he still counts as 3.5 million against the cap sure. just in just this season uh, as a post-June first cut. So even if you go out and sign a guy for three, four million. That's not a top-flight free agent at right. the tight end position that you feel can replicate that. You're not really saving all that much money. You're basically paying a guy mm-hmm. and hoping that he can do what Jimmy Graham did last year at essentially the same amount of cost. Right. So I just don't see what the upside is to um, parting ways with Jimmy Graham after this season. Look. Um, I think we were both disappointed. I think Jimmy Graham was disappointed sure. in his production. Um, so to me, just because they overpaid Jimmy Graham last offseason uh, at this point um, in this contract uh, doesn't really mean that the best move is just to part ways with him. Um, I really would almost rather for the opportunity cost um, just roll the dice and hope he has a bounce back season under a new coach and a new scheme and can at least come close to giving you some of the production that you'd like for in that position. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's draft a guy and see if we can develop someone that can be his eventual replacement uh, in the next couple of seasons. Yeah, and, and that's the that's the key, right, is I think regardless of if Jimmy Graham is on the roster this year or not, we're going to be investing a draft pick at the tight end position. Uh, they're going to get younger uh, for the reasons we've talked about. Um, today, we talking about free agency, uh, the the current free agents on the Packers and and the potential cut. We have talked about every tight end on the Packer roster. So this is a this is a position that has uh, significant question marks. And and you're right, economically, it's not just who you'd be bringing in uh, with the salary, but it's also the money that's counting against uh, the cap. Should we cut Jimmy Graham? I think that um, some fans would look and, and see like Jared Cook is a free agent again, who had a really nice season in Green Bay, but his stock has never been higher. Would the Packers want to be able to invest in that plus the cap hit to Jimmy Graham? I think that's less likely. Yeah, I mean, okay, yeah. so let's just say you have to pay Jared Cook. Hey. 
eight to ten million a year, <laughs> plus the you know cap hit for Jimmy Graham. Right. Um, now you're paying more um, than you would just for Jimmy Graham and hoping that Jared Cook can outproduce what you're getting. And let's not forget that's a guy that you know had some injuries and mm-hmm. and really only played about five or six games mm-hmm. the season he was with the Packers. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he, you know, uh, he, he had a, a really nice season, a really nice couple of seasons in Oakland, but, mm-hmm. um, and it's easy to play that what if game. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's not as easy as just wiping out Jimmy Graham's contract. <laughs> right. It doesn't go back to zero. Yeah, uh, right. so I think that's the key. Um, you know, and, and then the other thing is if if we're jettisoning uh, uh, Mercedes Lewis and, and Lance Kendricks, and I agree with you in general that I don't think either of those guys are back regardless of what they do with Graham. Now you've only got Robert Tanyan as the uh, <laughs> sole. Yeah, he's like, you know, he's the only guy <laughs> left in the room yeah. pre-draft and free agency. Uh, that's a pretty big, hefty yeah. um you know, rebuild um, at one position. I, I, I just don't see it. No. Um, they can save some money, but um, th- that again, that doesn't just solve the problem. So um, he, I, I, I would be pretty surprised if they part ways with them. Yeah, and and you look at the roster, and we'll we'll go way in depth in future podcasts about. Uh, the uh, free agent market that's going to be out there in the NFL, which I expect the Packers to be active in. And we'll also go super in-depth on draft uh, as well in future podcasts. But if, if you told me that the Packers go into the season with uh, Jimmy Graham and probably Tunyon will be in, in, the, in the mix somewhere on the, on the roster, um, potentially a, a lower-grade free agent signing, and also maybe a second, third-round tight end draft pick, I'd say, okay, we've got a room here. So, um, But if you, if you told me the same thing, but you said, by the way, Jimmy Graham's not on the roster next year, I start to question if uh, we've got the tools we need to um, make a Super Bowl push in the in the near future. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's just, I mean, it. I think the offensive um, group then, we had a pretty nice discussion there, but yeah. uh, actually pretty straightforward, I think, with this group. Wouldn't you agree? So um, I just circling, going for full circle here, uh, the Dane and Wags putting <laughs> on the Goody hat yeah. for the day. Um it is. It resulted in in um, um, bringing back uh, Panky, um, Patrick, McCray, uh, Tanyan, and Kumro, um, and and then uh, Cobb as well. We were looking at uh, around a, a three to four million dollar price tag if we could get him back at that, yeah. uh, like a one year prove it deal with the Packers. Um, um, then it really doesn't cost much to bring any of these guys back. Um, that that would actually put the cap space right at um, still about 38.5, 38.3 to 38.5 million yeah. um, projected to bring all those guys back. Um, so um, you know uh, that's that's 
doesn't really eat up any of the cap projected cap space that we started off with. So, Dane, I think we've done a pretty good job in our day as a GM. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, I do. I think <laughs> that it's time for us to get paid for this work. Uh, uh, yeah. Know, let's make the GM salary too. And yeah, we're ready I, I to think, go. You know, I, I, if if they if they if they're going to be hiring for front office positions, we're looking. Uh, we're we're always uh, yeah. available, right? Yeah, yeah. Listen, a consulting role. We don't need the official titles. We no. just want to pitch in and yeah. make sure our team's doing well. Sure, absolutely. So, um, so very good. Um, So I think um, we'll save. It'll be really interesting to get into the uh, defensive side of the ball next time. Oh my gosh, we're gonna Um, have a lot of opinions on that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) There's a a lot more moving parts, I think, on that side of the ball, Mm -hmm. Um, and and uh, some interesting things that they could do to free up a lot of cap space on the defensive side as well. That's right. Um, So uh, thank you for joining us for today and. uh, Dane, do you have anything else uh, before we sign off? Uh, you know, just make sure to follow us on Twitter at Lambo Leap Pod, uh, also on Instagram uh, Lambo Leap Podcast, uh, Facebook Lambo Leap Podcast. Uh, just find us on social media. Make sure to subscribe to our our podcast and uh, those Wisconsin listeners. Uh, stay warm out there. The The whole state is going to be the frozen tundra this week. We've been looking at forecasts with wind chill up to 50, negative 50 degrees, uh, enough to make Bart Starr even shiver just a little bit, um, the, the, the hero of the ice bowl. So um, just stay warm out there. Stay safe. And, and from, from my, my end, just go pack, go. Go pack, go.